Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell is sponsored by Equity Resource, a development, construction, and investment firm that is transforming properties throughout the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Our mission is to develop properties at a high level of value, a low risk of investment, while providing impeccable service to our customers. When you're ready to sell, renovate, or invest in a property, choose Equity Resource. Call us today at 202-621-6632 or visit our website, equityresource.net. News Talk, 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk, 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Welcome. Welcome to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. And welcome to everyone who's listening live throughout the world on Radio 1, Station WOL, 1450 AM, who's listening over the Internet at WOLDCnews.com and LawTalkWithEthelMitchell.com. And also those of you who are listening on the apps, the 1450 app and the free TuneIn app. <coughs> In addition to Equity Resources, this program is also brought to you by my law office, Wills and Trust LLC, where I prepare wills, trust, power of attorneys, and medical directives. So if anyone you know needs a will, a trust, or assistance administering an estate, give me a call at 240-638-2828. 240-638-2828. I want you to listen up because we have a great program for you today. We're going to be talking about employment discrimination. We have a really great lawyer with us here today from the Washington Lawyers Committee. He is uh, one of the lawyers that's been involved in the uh, sports bar case where a Howard student uh, received a $600,000 verdict from a jury for discrimination against a former bartender. In the jury verdict, he's also uh, the lawyer with the Washington Lawyers Committee that's working on the black police officers' alleged discrimination in Maryland's Eastern Shore community. So we're bringing you experts in different fields of law so that you know that law really is powerful. It can help you. It can hurt you. It impacts everything that you do. What you don't know really does hurt you, and what you do know empowers you. So my aim with this program is to empower you by bringing you professionals who know the law to enlighten you. But please remember, whatever you hear on the program is for information purposes only. There is no attorney-client relationship established by anything that's said on the program. You really must seek individual counsel for anything that you need legal advice. Our programs are archived at lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com. I believe most of the programs are up now. We've been working on this for over a year. But if you go to lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com, uh, we are are loading the programs from the past two years believe it or not we've been on the show on the air for two years now uh, and you're at, you'll be able to not only find the programs you can listen to them you can see pictures of the guests and there will be links to their websites and information on the guest and what the program was about now today as I said we have a great program for you unemployment discrimination my executive producer, Stacy Burgess, and my radio engineer are here, ready to take your calls. So please join the conversation at 
1-800-450-7876. You can tweet us at Law Talk EM and like us or contact us on Facebook, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell uh, at Facebook. Uh, let's get started. Dennis Corkery is a senior staff attorney at the Washington Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs, where he litigates cases involving employment discrimination, wage and hour violations, which I want you to talk to us about, uh, Dennis, police misconduct, and other civil rights. He also manages the intake process. He received his BA from the University of Chicago and his JD with high honors from George Washington University School of Law. He is now a senior staff attorney uh, with the Washington Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. And I want to put a plug in here. Uh, he did not ask me to do this, okay, nor did his boss, Rod Box, who's been our guest. But I want us to think of leaving money for these organizations when you do your estate planning in your will or in your life insurance policies. You can assess or you can designate the National Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, the NAACP, the Washington Lawyers you know, these are the organizations that have been continuing the fight for civil rights and for human rights, and they continue to fight it. As we all know, racism is alive and well in this country, and it has to be fought. And they are constantly battling money, as so many good organizations are. So I want us to think about adding them to our list of organizations that we should benefit, okay? When we are doing our charitable contributions at the end of the year, like many people do, think about them, just write them a check. I'm sure they'll say thank you and send you your tax deductible contribution thing, And uh, but also remember to keep them in your wills as well. Back to the show, okay? <laughs> Sorry, I just had to put that in. Mr. Corkery interned at the Service Members Legal Defense Network where he worked with LGBT members of the armed forces during the repeal process of the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. He held internships with the United States District Judge Nathaniel Gorton in Boston as well as the Civil Division of the D.C. United States Attorney's Office. He has been a lecturer at the George Washington Law School and he was named one of the best LGBT lawyers under the age of 40. He's young, folks. He really is. Oh, no, you got a lot of gray hair to be so young, okay? Since I was 12. Oh, really? Oh, okay, okay, all right. He's a member of the Bars Associations of New York and of the District of Columbia. Welcome, Dennis, and thank you for your work. Well, thank you, Ethel. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you also for the plug for the uh, donating to the lawyers' committees and all the yeah. organizations that are you out there. You do really good work. Thank and, you. And uh, even I hadn't thought about it until I spoke to Rod, because he introduced me to you. Yeah, we ought to be supporting these organizations. We really should. And, and so definitely okay and Stacy add them to our list of organizations at the end of the year okay we always do a, a program on organizations that do good work in our community and naming them so people can name name them when they do their contributions at the or even all during the year as well as in their in their wills okay Great. now according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission there were eight 89,000 employment discrimination complaints filed last year in 2015. 34.7% were based on race, 
29.5% were based on sex, 3.9% were based on religion, 22.5% were based on age, and 30.2% were based on disability. Okay? Uh, so there's a lot of different types of discrimination in employment. So tell us first, Dennis, what are the what are our employment rights? What what do we need to understand about employment discrimination and what do we need to do if we suspect that there is either to ourselves or we may be witnessing it? Sure, sure, absolutely. So I think that the first question when you're thinking about your employment rights is actually a question of geography, which is where do you work? Because there are employment rights under federal law that protect everyone in the United States and then for those of us who uh, work in this region, there are even more protections, uh, especially in the District of Columbia, some more in Maryland, um, and a few in Northern Virginia. So that is one very important thing for you to keep in mind, is, is where you're working. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, you have a right to work, um, to be hired, to um, work in an environment free from discrimination based on um, some protected categories, mm -hmm. as you mentioned there, race, sex, religion, color, national origin, disability, age. Those are the protected federal categories. Okay. And how do you recognize if there is, what, what is considered discrimination or actionable discrimination? So it has to be something that actually is adverse to you. So you have to be fired discrimination or actionable discrimination so it has to be something that actually is adverse to you so you have to be fired you have to be not promoted you have to be not hired um, mm. or you have to be harassed and you know something that where you're really being treated differently uh, now the key is you have to be being treated differently because of your protected category uh, okay okay we have to take a break when we come back we're gonna get Let's, let's use one of your cases, if you don't mind, sure. as an example of, of the kind of discrimination that you talk about. Great. Okay? All right. 1450 WOL, where information is power. On the 2016 Tom Joyner Foundation Fantastic Voice, presented by Ford, join Diana Ross, Charlie Wilson, Faith and more. There will be more entertainment than ever with the best in RV. Don't believe me, just watch. Hip hop and inspiration. It's all happening April 23rd through May 1st as the Party with a Purpose makes history supporting students at HBCU. From Glenn Jones to Rock Kim to Hezekiah Walker to Brick, there'll be more entertainment than you can imagine. Go to blackamericaweb.com and call 972 980 sale to book your cabin today on the Tom Joyner Foundation Fantastic Voice. Presented by it's all happening April 23rd through May 1st. Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell is sponsored by Equity Resource, a development, construction, and investment firm that is transforming properties throughout the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Our mission is to develop properties at a high level of value, a low risk of investment, while providing impeccable service to our customers. When you're ready to sell, renovate, or invest in a property, choose Equity Resource. Call us today at 202 621 
888-888-6632 or visit our website, equityresource.net. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. Welcome back. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. We're talking with Attorney Dennis Cockery of the Lawyers Committee, the Washington Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs. Right. Uh, let me give you their contact information. If you feel that you've been discriminated against for one of the protected categories, you can reach them at 202-319-1000. 202-319-1000. Their website is washlaw, W-A-S-H-L-A-W dot O-R-G. Um, Dennis, you were tell you were starting to tell us about um, how do you recognize discrimination, and I suggested that you might use the Redland, the Redline case. Um, tell us a little bit about that case, and then maybe you could use that as an, a good example because it seemed pretty, pretty gross. It, it was <laughs> a, a really egregious case, and it's a case that we litigated uh, with the um, a civil rights firm in D.C., Relman, Dane, and Colfax, who did a really excellent job. Um, they did a lot of laboring war, and, you know, they should get a shout-out for that. But it really okay. was a, um, a really pretty bad situation. I mean, all situations of employment discrimination are bad, but this was just blatant. Um, this was a woman who had been hired um, by some staff at the bar in Chinatown before it was opening, and then when she was bent by the manager... Uh, she was terminated um, mm. and there was some other evidence that clearly this bar had a discriminatory attitude towards african-americans there are situations of trying to keep out african-american patrons mm -hmm. um, so it, it you know i think the jury clearly saw that this was a place that mm -hmm. that had a lot of problems but that was if you were asking you know what is something that is illegal or what is employment discrimination but if you are fired simply because you are black Mm -hmm. um, that that is employment That's discrimination. discrimination. Yeah. Or if or if you know it had been differently, where she had applied for the job and just was never hired, mm -hmm. um, and she wasn't hired because she was black. That that was. But how would you prove that? That would have been a, seemed like a little bit harder case. It's it's much harder, and I think that, that what's difficult is that you don't know because you don't necessarily even know who's going to be one who does get a job when you apply for a job mm -hmm. um so it when traditionally back when you know civil rights act came out in 64 that was what it was was that african americans were not getting jobs and so it was almost assumed that if you weren't getting a job it was because of your race but mm -hmm. now it, it's a lot harder so 
I think that one of the ways you can do it is, are, are you looking, can you see the workforce? So if you apply at a restaurant and you see, wow, there really are only white servers, mm-hmm. um, maybe is that the reason that they didn't, they didn't hire me? Or um, if you're working somewhere and you start to notice that, oh, all these other um, men are being promoted and I'm a woman and I keep applying for these promotions and I see I'm really well qualified, but they keep promoting um, women, men, yeah. uh-huh, mm-hmm. Those are those are the kinds of instances that you look you look for because you have to prove the discrimination if you bring the case. You absolutely do, and it, it is a, b- a high burden of proof, like anything. Um, mm-hmm. But you are allowed. So there's there's a thing called burden shifting, and so okay. the first thing that you have to show is that you remember to practice category that something happened um, that you believe is discriminatory, and then your employer has to offer a reason that it happened. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a good reason. They just have to give a, some reason. And at that point, then you have an opportunity to say that that reason is either wrong, it's incorrect, or they've been giving multiple reasons, and there's a reason that you should be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and But the legal term for that is that it's pretext, that the reason that they gave mm-hmm. um, is pretextual, that it's not actually the reason that something happened. I see. I and But you are, I mean, you can get to a jury just to be able to show, hey, they've given three different reasons, or that reason really just doesn't make sense, or that reason is actually false, or, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are other ways that you can try to show that, that this is discriminatory. Okay, okay. We're talking with Attorney Dennis Cockery from the Washington Lawyers Committee uh, for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs. Their number is 202-319-1000. Their website is washlaw. Org. And Dennis, give us the name of the law firm that you say does this kind of work as well, that worked with you. Sure, there's, there's like several to. law firms in the city. Uh, one of them is Relman Dane and Colfax. They do excellent uh, civil rights work. Um, okay. There are other um, great employment law and civil rights law uh, firms across the city. Okay, that's good to know. And, and I'd like to learn more about them and maybe have more of them on. Um, so in this particular case, in the Red Line uh, Bar case, the jury actually awarded six hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. That Which, right? Yes, and that is—I mean—that is—is high for a jury mm-hmm. award. And I, I five hundred thousand dollars of that was punitive damages, uh-huh. um, which is an expression of their belief that this was a willful, reckless violation uh-huh. Uh-huh. of the law by right. Redline. Right. Um, jury verdicts for discrimination cases rarely get that high except for really egregious egregious situations, situations. okay but there are egregious situations there, there really absolutely are. are there really are and and again that is one of the other reasons why you want everybody to vote because the jury pool comes from the voting records that's correct okay so if you don't vote you can't be on the jury and if you're not on the jury you don't get the opportunity to have a say so when these kind of cases come up so that's important Tell us a little bit now about the Maryland Eastern Shore case. Uh, those are police officers. What in the world is going on in Eastern Maryland? It is it is really extreme and egregious. Uh, right now, I'm representing three uh, African-American officers, um, and I'm working with the uh, law firm Wiley Ryan, which is doing this pro bono, and also with the ACLU of Maryland. The, the three organizations are on this case. Um, the three officers worked out in a little city called Pocomoke out on the eastern shore, and it, it all started with one of the officers who was part of a joint tra- task force in Worcester County, um, and he was suffering very severe racial harassment. And I know mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier that harassment is something that's considered discrimination, but these are things like 
um, being driven by his coworkers to uh, an area of the city and saying, oh, this is KKK lane. Um, oh you know, the use of the N-word at yeah. work. Um, and that, that is just, it's not only unacceptable, but if, you know, when used multiple times, is illegal because okay. um, you don't have to work somewhere where you feel terrible about yourself because of your protected category. So okay. whether that's your Good. race or your sex, your religion, mm-hmm. um, in, you know, in certain, in D.C. and Maryland, your sexual orientation. Um, and so that, you know, that was the sort of the, the start of it. But what spiraled is that um, he spoke up about it and then was punished for speaking up. And that is also employment discrimination. It's called retaliation, which is wow. that you have a right to speak up and to complain about discrimination, mm-hmm. even to complain about, if, you know, if you have a, a reasonable think thought that you're being discriminated against, you're allowed to to bring it up. To bring it up, yes. Okay, we want we want our listeners to call in if they have questions. Uh, this is a, a he's a real expert, and so it would be good for people to call in if you have questions. Call one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six. Tell us more about this case and the kinds of situations that have have occurred where people are are. Well, you can say that you believe that there's discrimination going on. What kinds of facts? Are, are evidence of that kind of discrimination. So, um, you know, for his situation, I mean, in situations of harassment, it's in some ways the facts are kind of easy because you're just, you're talking about what your coworker said or what your supervisor said. So these were the police officers? Yes, he was one of the police officers. And they and want us to respect the police officers and, and, and they do stuff like that. I mean, I think that it is, this is part of the conversation that we're having about um, mm. racial justice with the police is that the police are not even policing themselves sometimes. Yeah. And I think that, that if this is how they're treating their own, it, it makes you worry about how they're treating members of Other the public. Other people, right. And they've got to start doing better. They have to. And, and so, I, you know, I think there are a lot of officers who really do want to do their jobs and do their yeah, jobs well. Yeah, 90% of them are great guys. And, and, but when and you're women. facing situations like this... Yeah, um, and you I, don't speak up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, he did speak up and then has, you know, spiraled. He no longer, he has been fired. Um, the police chief who was supporting him and the first African-American chief in Pocomoke City was also fired. Um, and there was another police officer who was supporting <coughs> him who faced um, cuts in his overtime as mm. well. So it, it's really, it's, in some ways I think this is really cavalier of what's going on out there mm-hmm. and just sort of ignorance to the fact that you cannot punish someone for complaining, and I, I understand maybe the instinct that you think someone's a troublemaker, but uh, you can't. It's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely protected, and, and it's important because you want to be able to have investigations. You want to be able to look at internally. Not every, you know, boss of a big company is going to know what's happening underneath. Right. So you want people to complain so you can look into it. So you can look into it, right? So it, tell tell me what do you what should people do? if they think that they're victims of discrimination? Sure. I think that that what you should do um, is, first of all, see if there is someone at work that you can talk to. Is there a supervisor? Um, Most, you know, good companies should have a discrimination policy that will tell you exactly where you should go. Um, And again, you're protected if you... If you want to raise to them, I, you know, I think this is an issue. And especially if you're being harassed, you absolutely should complain, and you should okay. complain right away. Um, but also, 
take a look. Do you have performance evaluations? Um, mm -hmm. Collect those and then just sort of see, you know, well, why is it that I'm not getting promoted when I have been getting five out of fives for years and years? Mm -hmm. um, there is, you do have, um, you know, there are agencies you can go to and actually that you have to go to first before you can sue. Who is that? Who is um, that? So federally there's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission or the EEOC um, and you you need to get there within 300 days of when you're discriminated against. Ah, that's good to know. Um, so if you okay. want to bring a, a lawsuit under federal law, you do have to go to the EEOC within 300 days. Okay. There are also local agencies that will also um, provide the same relief. They have work sharing agreements, it's called. So in District of Columbia, you can go to the District of Columbia Office of Human Rights. Um, they do okay. the same sort of work. Um, mm -hmm or DCOHR, as it's referred to. Um. Okay. When we come back, and, and Stacy, I want you to write down the, the websites for these locations. Two. Um. Okay. When we come back, and, and Stacy, I want you to write down the, the websites for these locations and places, Dennis, if you would help her, so that we can post it with this program on our website so that people who want to follow up on this information we'll have a place to go to okay we're gonna have to take a break and then we'll be back yes. 1450 wol where information is power listen wednesday march 9th from 10 30 to 11 a.m on wol news talk 1450 montgomery mosaic a show focused on your community in montgomery county Join host Deborah Milo as she welcomes Chester H. Wortham III, financial consultant with Fidelity Investments. Tune in to hear about wealth management, wealth building, and other financial opportunities for African Americans and what the African American financial planners can do to address them. Mosaic Wednesday, March 9th from 1030 to 11 a.m. on WOL. News Talk, 1450 a.m. Eastern Motors, where your job is your credit. Number one in second chance To a car from Easton Motors like Frank did. He wrote about his experience on cars.com. Everyone was nice and helpful, he says. I was turned down by another dealer after waiting three days and I came here. Within an hour, I was approved. That's the Easton story. Always over 1,000 cars to choose from. Find your match today by visiting easterns.com or call 888 772 1000. News Talk 1450 WOL where information is power. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? 
was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm Dr. Mary Harris on the journey to wellness. The human papillomavirus is common and it affects both men and women. There are more than 100 types, but about 30 affect the genital area. Some can cause cervical cancers, others genital warts. And now there's a vaccine. Dr. Jeffrey Hines, a gynecological oncologist, says because HPV is sexually transmitted, ideally both boys and girls should be vaccinated. This is a sexually transmitted infection. So both young boys and young girls, ideally prior to becoming sexually active, would need to be vaccinated. The current vaccination recommendation doesn't currently include males, but women ages 9 to 26. Many people who have human papillomavirus, HPV, don't show any signs or symptoms. That's why gynecological exams are so important. For more, go to journeytowellness.com. I'm Dr. Mary Harris. 1450 WOL, where information is power. Welcome back. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell, and we have Attorney Dennis Corkery talking about uh, employment discrimination. He is with us from the Washington Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs. You can reach his office at 202 319-1000. Their website is washlaw.org, and they have been pioneers and continue to be uh, on the forefront of fighting discrimination of all forms, um, or many forms at least. We're talking today about employment protections and how do you know when you, you may be a victim of employment discrimination. Um, Dennis has been involved in, in in many, but two big, big cases that's been in the paper recently, um, and he's talking to us now. Tell me a little bit more about the difference between bullying and unlawful harassment, because that's another big issue right now. It is, and I think it's a, I'd say it's a frustrating part of my job, is a lot of time people um, will come to us talking about a terrible situation at work, but a situation that unfortunately is not illegal. So it's not illegal to have a boss who is mean to you. It's not illegal to have a boss who is frankly a jerk. Um, what's illegal is if someone is mean to you or someone is you know, doing things to you because of your protected category. Okay, so, so give us an example. Sure, so um, if someone, um, so for instance, uh, your, um, your height, is not a protected category under federal law. So you okay. you don't you can um you know they call you shorty. Right. You can call you shorty. You can do anything like that. You can treat someone, you can yell at someone, you know, anything like that. That is not illegal. Now, if you were um using the N-word, um that would be, you know, and you're constantly berating someone who's African American because mm -hmm. of their race or, you know, really saying awful things like that that's illegal. Or if you are just yelling at only members of a certain race or mm. certain ethnicities or you're just really making their lives really difficult, that could be illegal. Um, sexual harassment. Um, mm -hmm. The reason that sexual harassment is discrimination is because it's harassment because of someone's sex. And that includes 
whether or not you're asking for sexual favors mm-hmm. um, in order to get job benefits. I mean, that, that goes back to the fact that you are treating someone because of their gender mm-hmm. um, differently than you'd be treating others, and that's why that's illegal. And so that's the difference between bullying and unlawful harassment. I see. That's important to understand. Important to understand. If you have questions, please call in at 1-800-450-7876, 1-800-450-7876. There's another area of the law that I was, uh, well, before we move there, you during the break you said something about federal employees yes. that you thought they needed to know. Right. Give us that information. Sure. So I was I was talking about timelines um, earlier, and under federal law, it's 300 days. Uh, under D.C. law, it's if you have a year. But for federal employees, you have 45 days to speak with your employment counselor if you believe you've been discriminated against, and you should be able to find out who your employment counselor is. This also counts if you're not hired by you know the federal government. Even if you're not a currently a federal worker, you still have 45 days to speak with your counselor. It's quick, um, and so that's why it's important for federal employees to know. No, right. And would you advise people to, like, kind of make a paper trail, keep records? Always. Of, yeah, of who you talked to, what the incident was, if there were witnesses and so on like that? Absolutely. That keep a paper trail. Uh, keep your performance evaluations. Uh, keep your pay stubs. Really, anything like that. Um, uh-huh. Good record keeping goes a long way. Okay. In the red line case, it seemed to be important that there were other witnesses that came for came forward before the jury that kind of confirmed what the the plaintiff was saying absolutely that made a big difference i mean it, it's like you know a jury has is a is a finder of fact a jury has to make decisions about what they think actually happened and the more witnesses you have and the more people who can corroborate what you're saying mm-hmm. uh, the better luck you're going to have before them are most of these cases jury cases um i'd say well yeah, you do have a right to a jury trial, of course, like anything. Most cases settle uh, before they yeah. get there. It, mm-hmm. you, all, I, it, you are, though, more likely to lose on summary judgment, so not get to a jury trial in employment discrimination than in, um, in other cases. Explain to a lay author sure. what that means. <laughs> yes. Sure. So uh, summary judgment is part of the law and part of you know, civil law. It doesn't happen in criminal trials where... Um, one party, and usually it's the defendant, so the employer, can say to the judge, uh, look at the record, there is no evidence that can go to a jury. No jury could ever find discrimination. Mm -hmm. And the judge makes the decision either, yes, you're right, or no, there are there could be evidence or there are disputes of fact, and therefore Mm -hmm. we need a jury to to decide who's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, But in employment discrimination cases, more of those don't get to a jury. More often than not, a judge will say, uh, I don't think there's enough evidence here to get to a jury. Then and that's why having your facts and your and your, your evidence and your so on is so really important. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that is important. Uh, we're talking to attorney Dennis Cockery. He's with the Washington Lawyers for Washington Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs. If you think that you may have a discrimination case, what should somebody do? Where should they go? What should they, who should they contact? What is, what is the, uh, you gave us the timeline and you're going to give us the, the, um, the links, Mm -hmm. okay? And we're going to put that up on our website. But as a practical matter, if I'm employed somewhere and I think that my boss is, is acting in a discriminatory fashion, Mm -hmm. 
what are the practical steps that I need to know about and take to preserve my rights and to to enforce them? Sure. So, as I said earlier, I mean, I think the most important thing is making sure that you get to the EEOC or a state agency in time. Um, because in a lot of ways, once you get there, once you file the charge, you can have then time to go try to find an attorney. You can try to find an attorney first, but... Um, you don't need one to file a charge. To file the EEOC. charge, okay. Um, okay. They will they will accept it without you having. And do they charge. investigate themselves once you file a complaint? They do. Um, they are incredibly underfunded by Congress. Um, <laughs> That's on purpose, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it probably is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they don't have the funds to investigate um, fully every case, but they do investigate, and that mm -hmm. their role is actually to investigate before it ever has to get to court. Um, so that maybe they can try to resolve it uh, without having to go through litigation. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Now, let's move to a the the whole minimum wage and overtime uh, subject matter. Tell tell me about that because that's part of employment. I, I never think of it in terms of discrimination, but if people aren't being paid properly because of whatever. That might be. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. So, I mean, we, especially at the, uh, the Washington Lawyers Committee, believe that uh, your, your employment rights as far as wage and hour are civil rights and that they work okay. hand in hand um, with your right to not be discriminated against. And I'd say that this is an area of the law that both employers and employees often um, mm. have really the wrong idea of what the law is. Um, okay. So Tell us. You... Uh, Except for certain exemptions, uh, you have the right to be paid the minimum wage. And under federal law, that's $7.25 an hour. Um, in D.C., it's $10.50 an hour. In PG County and Montgomery County, it's $9.55 an hour. And in the rest of Maryland, it's $8.25 an hour. So again, it depends upon where you're working okay. as far as um, what it is. So you have that right. Um, and you have that right whether or not you are um, a citizen of the United States, or if you are working illegally as an undocumented immigrant, you still... So even if you're illegal, undocumented, you have a right to be paid the minimum wage. You absolutely do. And that is where we see the largest um, wage theft violations are for undocumented workers, mm -hmm. where employers are really trying to take advantage mm -hmm. of uh, this labor source and saying, well, because you're undocumented, um, I'm, I'm just going to pay you $5 an hour because oh. I'm going to make threats against you about calling ICE or anything like that. But that And that's illegal. That is illegal. You can, Interesting. Yes. So if you're going to employ someone, even if you're employing someone under the table, even if you're employing someone okay. who you shouldn't be employing, you still have to pay them the minimum wage. That is interesting. I'm sure a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. But um, know that. it's, it's you know, I think that it is actually something where uh, both conservative and liberal judges agree on um, because they don't want employers taking advantage of um, undocumented workers in this way just for various reasons. So it's, it's absolutely that you ha you have to pay minimum wage. So even if you are undocumented here illegally, you have to be paid the, whatever the minimum wage is in your jurisdiction. Right. Okay. Right. Now there are exemptions under the law, but these exemptions all have to do with the type of work that you do. So it's a very fact specific um, 
type of analysis. Like, for instance, I'm an attorney, and because I work as an attorney, I am a professional, I have a professional license, I'm exempt from these types of rules. But that's just because that's <laughs> the work that I do. Um, okay. It's not. What about maid service, uh, janitorial, yard work? Are there exemptions there? There are not, no. The, okay. You have to be paid minimum. Not what about maid service, uh, janitorial, yard work? Are there exemptions there? There are not, no. The, okay. You have to be paid minimum wage um, and overtime. Okay, and overtime? Yes. Okay, well, we have to come back. What'd you say? Waiters. What about waiters? Uh, so waiters, uh, yes, you do have to be paid the um, minimum wage. And, of course, everyone has questions about tips and how tips work. Um, it's a little complicated, but your tips have to equal minimum wage. You have to be paid something in cash, and then anything you get in tips, you, you have to get to the minimum wage. That's good to know. I know a lot of people don't know that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we have to take a break, and then we'll be back for one more time, okay? We'll be right back. 1450 WOL, where information is power. The live recording of the TV show Grown Folks Dancing, and you are invited. Calling all line dancers from Maryland, Virginia, D.C., Delaware, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey, represent. Show off your group or step. You can even bring your own music. You've seen the show on TV. Now, be a part of it. Show your skills and just have fun. Proper attire required. No blue jeans, t-shirts, or athletic gear. Dress like grown folks and come on out. For more info, call 443-857-2771. That's 443-857-2771. It's the live recording of the TV show Grown Folks Dancing, and you are invited. Hang dancing, line dancing, stepping, we are doing it all. If you do not know the latest dance steps, dance instructors will be there to teach you how. This and every second Tuesday of each month, beginning at 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. This will take place at the f Flyers number 2332, and is located at 7350 Temple Hill Road, Temple Hill, Maryland. You thought about it last year and you didn't do it. And your business is still not where it needs to be. Do you realize that 95% of all successful businesses are successful because they advertise smartly and the radio is one of the most effective ways to advertise your business. And by advertising on WOL, it's a sure way of increasing your business and your bottom line. WOL is Washington's most listened to talk station where we reach loyal and dedicated consumers daily. By advertising with us, you have the perfect opportunity to tell thousands of people about your business for the very first time. Don't worry, it's not expensive, just cost effective. So come on and call our sales department today to find out more. 301-429-2618. And when you call, ask for our general sales manager, Karen Jackson, and be sure to ask about this week's advertising special. Call today at 301-429-2618. News Talk 1450 WOLAM, where information is power. Welcome back. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell, and we have a really great program here. We have Attorney Dennis Cockery of the Washington Lawyers for Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs, and we were talking about wage, hourly wage uh, discrimination. Um, so if you're an illegal alien and you are not being paid the minimum wage... Are you a waiter and you're not being paid the minimum wage? What do you do and what are the risks and what usually happens? 
Sure. So if you're an undocumented worker, uh, you certainly have a risk in coming forward just as you have a risk in um, in any day life. I mean, being here in this country is, is risky. Um, mm -hmm. And so what we counsel our clients is that there is a risk, um, and it's a risk that you you know, you have to weigh your own choices about whether or not you want to take that risk. Certainly filing a lawsuit doesn't trigger ICE. ICE does not scan the lawsuits. That's immigration. Right, okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so it, and you also, you have a right, citizen or not, every person has a due process right to file a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So you have protections once you're within the court system to that effect. Um, I know that there is some concern that if, you, you know, for immigrants who complain against uh, their employers, that their employers can contact immigration on them. And it, it has happened. Um, but courts are looking on that unfavorably as well as a form of retaliation. And Which is illegal. It's also legal. It's also legal under wage and hour laws. That okay. if you are complaining about your wage and hour rights, you cannot be fired. You cannot be punished. Oh, that's excellent. Right. So, that's excellent to know. Yeah. Um, and most employers really, you know, we've done a lot of these cases, um, immigration doesn't come up because they know what they're doing is wrong, and, and so both sides of the equation have broken the law, so it just, it just becomes an understanding and uh -huh. it doesn't really come up. That's good, that's good, that's good. Interesting, interesting. We're talking with Attorney Dennis Corkery. If you have a case or an inquiry about these subjects, you can call the Washington Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and Urban Affairs. Their number is 202-319-1000. Their website is washlaw.org. Um, likewise, uh, we talk about, you know, your, your retaliation is illegal. What happens if your boss is doing the harassing or the bullying what, what in, of, of any type? Right, what what right. does the law say about that, and what happens... As a practical matter. Sure. I mean, I think it's hard, and I think it's it's hard for a lot of employees. I mean, it's hard if you're being harassed no matter what. Yeah. But if your boss is is harassing you, it's it's even um, it's even harder. And I, I'd say if your boss is causing the problem, um, the first thing I would do is, do you have a handbook? Do you have information at work? Are you in a large organization where it should tell you if it's a good if it's a good employer? Um, they are supposed to have a policy about where you go when your boss is harassing you. Oh, okay. um, do you go to your boss's boss? Is mm -hmm. there a human resources person you're supposed to speak to? Mm -hmm. Now, you could also be working at a restaurant or a smaller company or just a company that hasn't caught up with good employment practices and mm -hmm. you don't have a handbook. Um, so then, I mean, I, sometimes I think what you have to do is you do have to go to the EEOC or you mm -hmm. have to go talk to an attorney. Um, mm -hmm. There's sort of different rules within the law about whether the harassment is done by your boss versus done by a coworker. Or I should also say you have a right to be free from harassment by anyone at work. So if you're mm -hmm. a waiter, um, your customers can't harass you and your employer has to make sure that your you know, customers and clients or whatnot are also not okay. harassing you. Very good, very good. And when you go to the EEOC or you go to the D.C. office or they come to your office, do you have to pay anything? No. The EEOC is and the D.C. Office of Human Rights are, are free. Okay. And what about your office? Uh, so we, uh, we provide 
um, pro bono representation so that we we do not charge our clients. Um, mm-hmm. We do seek attorney's fees at the end, but that means that we make the wrong actor pay us. Pay, okay. We never make the, the client But the client pay. doesn't pay. Correct. Okay, that's important for people to know. That's very important. Uh, so you're, I'm going to give out your office number again, 202-319-1000. I know you have an intake system where people come to you and, and would they provide the facts and so forth like that? Right. They, uh, they, people who come to us um, speak with either one of our, our fantastic paralegals or our fa- fantastic interns, and then we get together as an office every week and we talk through the intakes and then decide whether it's not something we can help on or it doesn't sound very strong or we go back to do more fact investigation and mm-hmm. see um, to move forward. We get about 90 calls a month or so. Um, we probably take around... 10% of the intakes we get, if, if not less. Mm-hmm. Because you're restricted to real uh, discrimination or particular kinds of cases that you do. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it has to be something that we think we could you know, ultimately prevail on. I mean, we'll take hard cases. I think that's yeah, we that's, have to. That's different. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it, ha- you know, has to be, it has to be a civil rights violation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's your specialty. Right. Yeah. Is there anything else in particular that you want to share with the audience about what they need to know if they feel that they may be the subject of this kind of of, uh, discrimination, whether it's for sex, for religion, for Mm -hmm. national origin, or for race? Sure. I mean, I think that if you think that you are uh, the victim of harassment, um, you know, it's important that you think about what you you know what you want to get out of this and this is you know is this something that you really do if you really do believe it then i'd say i'd say find a coworker friend mm-hmm. you know is do you have a friend at work who you can talk this through with mm-hmm. i mean someone who you trust i mean this is you know you never want yeah. the gossipy person who's going right, to we'll tell everybody right um, you know run it by them but you know trust your instincts a lot of time it is very instinctual and a lot of time um I think what's difficult is that you can sort of see it happening and feel it happening, but how you prove it. Mm -hmm. And again, you have to look at the numbers. But if, as you were saying earlier about promotions, if you're a woman and you keep, you know, you're in a place you believe is an old boys club, you keep just seeing these male pals of the boss get the promotions and you're really well qualified and and you just continue to keep getting passed on, then, you know, it's time to speak up about it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 But keep those... Deadlines and absolutely, in, uh, yeah. Three hundred days can pass a lot sooner than you uh, than you expect. And uh, also, again, the federal government is forty five days. Okay, and is that for each incident though? If I mean, how, how do you calculate those deadlines? So it's it's three hundred days from say the each time you're not given a promotion or um, each time your paycheck is different from you know another counterpart um, or three hundred days from when you are fired. Uh, harassment's a little bit different because harassment takes place over it can take place over years and in fact sometimes it can take years before it rises to the level of something that's illegal but then it would be 300 days from the last time um, you were harassed okay okay that's good to know that's good to know thank you so much thank you for thank you for the work that you do uh, and thank you for the Washington Lawyers Committee and like I tell my listeners, keep them in mind when you're talking about doing your legacies and, and donate money to them because it's a, it's a non-profit 
501c3 that can use the money. Great. Well, thank you. I yeah. thought we certainly can. Yeah, yeah. You definitely you do really good work. You do really, really good work. Um, uh, I want everybody to know that that uh, there are a lot of good organizations out there like this. Uh, a lot of people do not realize that lawyers who always get a bad rap, okay, a lot of big law firms and small law firms as well as individual lawyers donate their time to these kinds of cases. We are obligated to do what we call pro bono work, but a lot of law firms do this kind of work, and they don't get paid for it. Right, and actually our cases, uh, the vast majority, we work with private law firms, some of the largest law firms in the city, um, to bring these cases, and they, they do fantastic work. Yeah. And really put, they treat, I will say, law firms treat pro bono cases the same way they do for their well-paying clients. Right, and it's a lot of research and a lot of effort. Um, I, I see where the Harding case, the Red Line case, it was a seven-day jury trial. Yes, absolutely. That's a lot of work. And again, the folks at Relman, they did a fantastic job. They did job. a good job. They did a good job. That's great. That's great. Um, uh, well, like I said before, please uh, come back. Of course. Be my tell, Rod, tell Rod, I tell Rod Boggs, who's been on the program, tell him I said thank you very much. I certainly will. Yes, I know you all are looking for tells me he's retiring. Yes, oh we are. What? We're in the process of finding a new one after he's been there. He's been an executive director since the 70s. Was founded in 68, and he's been yeah. an executive director he's for been there. Full yeah, time. he's done an incredible job. He's really quite, quite amazing. He's he's from. We both went to Columbia Law School, so I'm going right. to claim him <laughs> as an alumni. Yes, 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 yes. You all have been listening to Attorney Ethel Mitchell's uh, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Uh, we are going to have. Uh, attorney Kevin Judd next week. Stacy, that's correct. He's the president-elect for the National Bar Association, uh, which is the, I call it the big black bar because it is the organization of over 60,000 black lawyers, uh, African-American lawyers here in the United States, and it is one of the oldest organizations and is the largest organization of, of African-American lawyers. Uh, Kevin is the president-elect for that, so he's going to be coming on next week. He is a specialist in bankruptcy law himself. Uh, so he'll be talking about both of those things, both his plans with respect to the organization and the bankruptcy law that he does. Uh, Attorney Ben Crump is the current president. Uh, he was Trayvon Martin's lawyer, uh, Michael Brown's family uh, uh, lawyer, and is well known for taking a lot of big, big cases um, involving discrimination or uh, police misconduct and so forth. And I know those are, are, are avenues that, that the organization will continue to support as it has for years. Um, if you have questions, uh, please know that you can always call in at 1-800-450-7876, 1-800-450-7876. You can call in during the program to ask questions about this or any of the subject matters, uh, you can reach Dennis and the Washington Lawyers Committee of the Civil Rights and, and Urban Affairs at 200-319-1000, 202, I'm sorry, 319-1000. And you can reach me, Attorney Ethel Mitchell, your host, at 240-638-2828, 240-638-2828. If you have any questions or concerns or needs with respect to wills, trust, 
estate planning, uh, probate, anything like that. 